0: March into spring with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered 1-gig internet for $59.99 per month, plus a $150 gift card and price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with a free modem, free installation, and free Wi-Fi your way home. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and manage user access for all connected devices with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires May 6, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com.
2: What's up? Ah.
1: How you doing, man? I'm good, I'm good. The tables have turned. Now you're in the hot seat,
2: and I like it. Not quite yet, buddy. I can turn it back anytime. now. Don't I know. <laughs>
1: you know, you're better at this than I am. I need to learn from you. You're a pro.
2: But see, that's the thing. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I've never figured out what I was doing. That's why I'm doing it. If I knew what I was doing, they wouldn't like me. <laughs>
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Literally with Rob Lowe. I First of all, I just want to thank everybody for um, being a part of this podcast. I mean, turns out we're kind of crushing it. And that is a function of you, not me. God only knows that is the truth. It's all you. But I really feel like we have like a family out there. Like we have a real fan base of, of people who um, just really get what we're trying to do. And, and I read all the comments. So if you're posting reviews on Apple... Uh, Please do, because I read every one of them, and uh, I learn a lot from them, and I'm learning how to make it better and better and better, but I'm glad you guys are loving it, and we have a really good one today. Very excited to get my sports freak on with one of the true Adonises on the planet, and one of the nicest guys. If I could bottle his work ethic, I would be the most successful man on the planet. Michael Strahan, we're going to talk to him. He is the NFL Defensive Player of the Year, multiple years, um, Super Bowl champion, 2008, against the undefeated New England Patriots, and literally is on every television show that's made. I mean, he's he's Mr. Good Morning America. He's got the $100,000 pyramids produced. It's, it's enough already with all the stuff this guy's doing. So we talked to him um, a few weeks back, but I'm really happy to finally get this out for you guys uh, to hear it because it's a really fun conversation. So um, sit back and enjoy a really fun talk with a really great dude, Michael Strahan. Isn't it true how like
2: ignorance is bliss? It really is. Because you know, when you go in and you don't know what to do there, you don't know what's right, what's wrong. You just go by instinct. And then people can relate to that. I hate it when people um, are trying to be too perfect. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. Nobody. So when you screw up, you flub a word, you do this, you do that. Naturally, like on the news especially, I used to always be so worried. Make sure you say the word correctly. But you'll screw up in a conversation with somebody, and you automatically correct yourself. And I learned TV's the same way. Did you have a news voice? I like that news voice you were just doing. It was good. Well, I've had to develop one, Rob. Yes, this you is Michael know, Strahan. This is Michael Strahan, at ABC News. <laughs> Ooh, it's really good. It's buttery. <laughs> you know what I didn't I don't think I have a news voice, but it's funny. I was at um, I was probably somewhere that I shouldn't have been. I think I was at Krispy Kreme or something. Mm. And I ordered, and the girl said, Boy, you have a news voice. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I do. Thank you very much. Made me feel good about myself.
1: I saw today a headline uh as I Peruse the headlines every morning that um, there was some famous poll that said fifty-seven is the age you're officially old. That's mm. my age, and I mm. will say that that like I'm I have sti- look I'm talking to a f- NFL all star, but I get st- I'm stiff when I wake up. What
2: you must be like the Tin Man. <laughs> you know what I stiff when i wake up i'm stiff when i'm sleeping i wake up out of my sleep because the stiffness hurts so oh good me That's too how Me it too. bad man and i don't know what it you know what it, it, it's so funny because i felt great i'm 48 now 15 years retired at 36 i'm like ah, i feel great body's good and working at fox howie long would always go one day michael you just wake up and, and shit just starts hurting and I'm like, Howie, please, just shut up. Like, you're an old man. Be quiet. Yeah, right. He's right. He's right. The first, like, two years ago, I said, damn, Howie. Man, I woke up. My, my, my freaking knee is just killing me. And he just uh, just started laughing at me. And I'm going, you jinx me. But he's right. Now my back is hurting. I get twinges in my legs. I'm like, where's that coming from? My knee still hurts. I never had a knee problem when I played. I think age just gets you in my shoulder now, but 57, I got a little ways to go, but that's not old. That's like, that's old back in like 1900. It's twenty It's dead in 1900. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you dead in 1900. Like now, 57, you're just getting started. Look at you. You don't have a wrinkle on your face.
1: I feel, I actually do feel that way. I, f- I mean, I know I've, I've never been in better physical shape, for sure. In spite of how it feels, and just in terms of my life and meant all of it, I've, I I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade this year age for any year I've ever had in in my life, well, for sure. So if this is what old is, you know, I, I'll take it. Right? You have a
2: high definition camera on your face right now. That's a good technical question. You are a broadcaster. That is, you don't have a wrinkle, man. You know they say black don't crack, but I argue with that point. Looking at you. That is one non-cracking white guy right there.
1: Thank you, thank you, brother. I think (laughs) I might. My dad's like that though. My dad, my er, one of my earliest memories of of my father is back in the day in Ohio, we'd go to, um, you like the county fairs, and they used to have guess your age, and and guess your weight booths, Mm -hmm. and we would clean up. They'd be like, you're twenty five, and and then my dad would you know be like, no, I'm (laughs) forty.
2: That's a good thing. just kill it. That's how you compliment somebody on their age and they're like, oh, you know, I'm, no, I'm this age. Like, they're mad that they're older. I'm like, take it while you can get it because one day you're going to look oh. your age you're not going to like it. So I was obsessed
1: with the the Michael Jordan documentary, Last Dance. I'm, I'm assuming you were, right? Oh, yeah,
2: man. Best thing on TV in a long time. Oh. It is like, wow. Michael Jordan had the attitude, the only closest guy, the closest guy to him was Kobe to me. Totally. And I love LeBron. I think LeBron is an incredible, this generation's Jordan, of course. Yeah. But the killer instinct and the 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 guy who wants the ball in his hands every shot or at least the last shot or in the biggest crunch time or who had a switch that nobody else had, nobody had like Michael Jordan. And you cannot be a nice guy. I, I mean, people talking about how mad, mean he is, I'm like, mm, I get it because I had yeah, to be I an asshole too in- at
1: times. And it's amazing because there's teammates, like pro teammates going, was he a nice guy? No. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know. Because, like, from where I stand, he's just a gnarly competitor.
2: Yeah. But I think there's a the fine line to be a competitor and being, um, uh, how can I put it? motivating to being a good teammate and being you get it's a balance and i think michael leaned more towards the i'm gonna ride your ass until you get it done instead of the you know everybody's a little different let me coddle this guy a little bit like i knew it when you play football you got like 50 something guys right it is so hard to get everybody on the same freaking page like hey We all, I got to motivate each guy in a different way if you're the leader of that team. So I can go to one guy and I got to scream at him. like, come on, let's go. And then I go over here, and look at Eli Manning, who's just sitting there like, you know? (laughs) You can't yell at Eli. You got to just say like, yo.
1: Dude, you can't yell at Simple Jack. No, you you can't. You can't yell at Simple Jack.
2: (laughs) You can't do it. Unless unless you want to lose him, you'll lose Simple Jack real quick. (laughs) Yeah. But that's what I learned, man. You just got to, like, motivate each person differently. A basketball team, I think, is a little different. You can win with two or three great guys. Football, I need, like, a special team, offense, defense, like, everybody. But I think this has been one of the most fascinating documentaries. I could watch it over again, and it would get me excited. And I've had to tape it and watch it, like, today, in yep. the morning, yep. because it gets me too amped up. Yes. Yeah, so what?
1: What? what is everybody saying about, like, I, I – some of my greatest memories would be sitting with MJ and Ahmad, like, right? and those two are inseparable, yeah. inseparable. Yeah. And it always used to make me laugh at the end of games when Ahmad would would play the journalist talking to Michael, and like they're total homies, like. Yeah. And it just where they're like both playing a role, like Jordan's playing. It's like it just that dynamic used to make me laugh because they were so close. But I'm, what do people? What are people in the sports world
2: saying about about the doc? But I, everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. Now, I'm on a, a thread, I mean, a, a thread, like a, a text chain with the um, the defensive line from the Super Bowl back in 07. Wow. And everybody watches it. We always, ca- you know, we always talk about it. And the one thing that we all we all understand, we understand his mentality. And on our team, I probably was more like the Michael guy because I didn't like, I was older and I wasn't putting up in anybody's bullshit you know it was like mm-hmm. okay i'm here to win i don't have much time left right i wish i had one six i wish i was tom brady but um yeah, brady's the same way like tom's the same way and every team i hate to say it put it in these terms but it's true it, it, we always used to say you gotta have a few thugs on your team yeah you can't sure. have a team of nice guys i mean that's you, the, you, that's it, the it, dodgers you, problem
1: you know. i'm a big dodgers fan uh-huh. That's, that's the problem with the Dodgers. They're all too nice. I
2: love yeah. them. But they're too nice. You got to have a few guys that'll just go slap somebody just for the hell of it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Just, why'd you do that, John, Just because your face is there. I don't know. Like, you got to have a few guys who have some dog in them. You can't all be nice guys. And, and that's how that team was. That's the one thing. Every player, uh, we talk, they understand it. We've had the debate on our chain about who is the best player GOAT. Who, I mean, Jordan's, Jordan's the guy, right? Jordan and Kobe. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. Kobe is as close to Jordan as we'll see. Yep. Mannerism, size, mentality. And I was friends with Kobe, too, man. And that, like, even seeing those two and seeing Kobe, you know, last week. And and I just got a reminder. Friend sent me up like, two years ago when I was with Kobe, a picture of us. And, like, uh, just... You so it makes you so happy that you knew him, but it makes you so sad that you know he's, he's yeah. not with us anymore. But what a, that that all star thing with him and Jordan? all you hear Jordan talking about that little Laker boy, that little Laker kid. He's not even letting the game come to him; he's taking it.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I was like, this is this is great. Like this is stuff we would never see, and to know they've been sitting on that for 20, uh, 20 years.
1: Amazing. I mean. That whole, whenever you guys get mic'd up for a fan like me, it's the best. I mean, hearing, you know, whether it's Belichick talking shit or whatever it is, because you know the guys are talking, you can see it. You're watching the game and you see the mouse move, but you have no idea what's really being said. And I well, would sometimes love it's cool. To I would love to see more mic'd up stuff going on. I
2: would love yes, it. Yes, but sometimes you're being nice. Hey, how's your wife? How's your kid? How's your mom? You know. And um, then other times you're like, um, F your mom, F your wife, <laughs> F your kids. <laughs> it's crazy, man. All within, like, you just have guys who get along. You have guys who hate each other. It's 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 the most insane thing to be on that field and hear some of the talking going because any place outside of that, it would literally be like, call the police. We're going to fight. Right. But it's amazing. That's one thing I, I do love about football that if you do, if somebody has a problem, like if somebody did something illegal to me, I would tell them I'm about to put you on the ground. Yeah, I'm, I would tell. Them. And for me, it was motivating to me because I didn't talk a lot of smack unless you basically talked it to me. And then the floodgates are open and I don't care what I said. I don't care about your feelings at all. You mean nothing to me. And it was so funny because I, I remember a pregame speech, um, Super Bowl year and Fox came, they had the executives or somebody Cat one of the Giants people come and say, Michael, you know, you do the pregame stomp you out speech, blah, blah, blah. Can you not curse for like 15 seconds of it so that they can air it? And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 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 like, get out of here. I'm not, hey, man, I don't care about the, the networks and who want to air what. I'm not here with you. We're trying to win a game. Get out of my face. And um, a lot of beeping goes on because I never knew I was going to say those speeches anyway. Just kind of came out. And um, that was one of my favorite things. That's what you miss the most. I don't miss like uh, I don't miss practice. Of course, I don't miss getting beat up. You miss the guys and you miss the crap talking. You miss the just the competition in a game, like the physicality of it, because you could talk all the crap you want. There's nothing better than being able to talk it and actually back it up and physically get into it with somebody and not get go to jail for it.
1: Now, I, I kind of it, missed that. That's the great Jordan quote from. Me. He says, "Yeah, they were taught. He was. Ta- it's easy to talk shit when you're up five points. Let's see you yeah. talk. Let's see you talk shit when the score's zero zero. But yeah. when you're down five, yeah. what quarterback talk the most smack? Wow.
2: You know these quarterbacks. A lot of them try to." Contain themselves because you know I never I never thought that I, you know I, I always kind of like ah oh, quarterbacks whatever you know always the <laughs> pretty guys get all the girls yeah. Yeah, they yeah. get paid more than everybody else, but I played quarterback in a Kurt Warner's charity football likes, flag football thing and every celebrity football player had to play quarterback. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I throw a nice deep ball. I really surprised myself. I like It'll that. Be, I like to see the, that. But the short passes were a little tough. The touch passes, I put mm-hmm. a little too much zip on them. I, my, that was a little off. Mm-hmm. But it gave me such a respect for the quarterback because stuff is flying. Like people were crossing, coming from everywhere. And I'm like, oh my God, who do, what do I do? I can't imagine <laughs> being in a game where all that's happening, yet these guys can actually hit you and they want to hurt you. So I have all the respect in the world for quarterbacks, but most of them try to stay really. Focus because they gotta get up and call plays and do all that stuff. Right. McNabb, Donovan McNabb would talk to you, you know. because he mm-hmm. and I had to do Chunky Soup commercials together. And um, you know, so I would I would hit him and I'd be like, Yeah, call your mama for some more chunky soup. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would just be all up, Donovan. He would talk back. Um, fart would talk. Tom Brady. Tom is no punk, man. Tom, Tom, man. There's a reason this guy is who he is, because he would get hit. You could say whatever you wanted to him, and he would give it back to you, like, basically say, bring it, you punk. Or he would curse out his linemen if you were hitting him too much, like in the Super Bowl. He would, I'm actually surprised, like, yo, you yell at people like this, and you think they're going to block better for you? Wow. I would let you get hit more. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing to hear about Brady because he is kind of an enigma. It's really interesting. It's like there's something unknowable
2: about Tom, I think. Yeah, I think and I think Tom doesn't want you to know. Right. Kind of keeps right. it that way. And but when you're with him in person, he talks a lot of smack. That's so great. I love
1: that. I was like the quarterbacks who get decimated and then will like
2: come up and pat you on the back. Nice hit. Nice hit. Yeah, that kind of that kind of takes a little bit out of you. That's that's what you call psychology right there, man. You hit a guy as hard as you can, his cat pats you on the back as almost almost like he's completely taken everything from you. He just he that's, just sniffed you. That's what I'm saying. That's that's the baller move when you see that. Yeah, that's when you gotta say, get your hands off me. You know, you gotta act like you really like Get off me, even though inside you're going, oh man, that was really nice. He's a sweet guy.
1: If you okay, so I, my my boys and I are big football fans, and we like to debate on what's the hardest hit we've ever seen. And Ooh. Ooh. I, I think it has to be when Drew Brees hung Reggie Bush out to dry with this fluttery little, you know sideline pass. And I don't know who took a running shot at him, but you know you know
2: the, the hit I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Reggie's like my little brother, man. I, you know. <laughs> Enzo, come on, baby. Daddy's working <laughs> over here. Stop screaming. <laughs> <laughs> it, so, um, Reggie's like my little brother. He got that hit and I hit. I had to text him. I didn't know if he could read texts after that. I thought his vision was going to be blurry for at least a good month. That was oh, whop. And you asked him about it, he's like, he tried to hop up like it was nothing yeah. and then realized that his mind and his body weren't coordinated anymore. They were not in sync. So he just, he had to just go down. You know what's so crazy? When you're out there on the field, like a hit like that, you'll be running over there and you still got to get hit. You'll even say to yourself, whoa. But you don't realize of so many hits like that. And... When you're watching the film and you're in the meeting room, and the guy get hit, like, I guarantee you, Reggie's teammates laughed at him in the meeting the next day when they watched it, especially if they <laughs> won the game. If they won the game, if you get, like, knocked out and your team won the game, when you get in those meeting rooms, coaches are winding it back. Guys like, run that back, run that back, run that back. Oh, and they're <laughs> clowning you, dude. They're clowning you. And I've taken some hits, and each one, it doesn't really hurt sometimes, but you know it looks bad. Right. And all I'm thinking is, oh, my God, I'm going to get clowned. As I'm getting – before I even hit the ground, I'm always already going, oh, my God, they're going to clown me on this. Oh, my God. And when you stop playing football, though, and we do one game a year, basically, that we go to, or this year, too, because we did the Super Bowl for Fox. But other than that, maybe one game a year we go to, and i watch guys get hit. I'm like, who is dumb enough to play football? This is like – they're hitting too hard. These guys are too big. What idiot would do this? Then I realized that I was one of those idiots. And, and one of those is putting the hits on people. You get hit and put the hits on people. Yeah. I like, I like the hitting because I have a better chance of doing a hitting than getting hit. But Reggie and those guys, man, I mean, Ugh. the shot that they take, I don't know how running backs do it. Just bam, bam, bam. And 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 no no mercy at all. At all. No. None. Um. Are you –
1: I'm excited to see these new stadiums. We got finally got a big stadium here in L.A.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm psyched. That's the most expensive stadium ever. But I got to tell you something. The one in Vegas looks badass. That stadium looks nuts. And it, like, it it opens like a – I mean, like a clamshell and all this stuff. It's going to be insane.
2: Well, all these. I mean, it's really amazing. I'm – the Giants, you know, the Giants and Jets built MetLife that they opened that. I retired in the next season. They opened that. Which Can we talk about MetLife me for a minute? Off, let's, okay, good.
1: let's let's do a little. Let's talk about this. All right. So I'm friends with the Tisch family. And I'm yeah. like, Steve, come on. You I know you have taste and I know you have money and I know you know what's what. And you built this thing, this nothing, this nothing.
2: It's it's nothing. And it's nothing. You don't get any feeling. You have no feeling when you're there. It's just blah. There's nothing. And nothing. I agree, and what kind of stadium you have each level, one hundred, two hundred, three hundred level, and in order to get from one side to over to that side, you got to get to an elevator and go down and go over and then go back up. Or just make the thing on thing go all the way around, <laughs> level to level. What are you doing? It just makes no sense to me. I don't have any feeling when I I mean I I I go there and it's just like okay it's like blah. And when we had giant stadium it was decrepit. It was beat up. We did we didn't have a facility. Everything we did was in the basement. Ugh. So it was like it was old school, which I'm great. I'm happy for because you know what? It's New York is rough, man. You got to you know, I I go over there now and they have private chefs. And the skyline through these tall glass windows, you can see the skyline of New York. I would have been over there about 350 pounds looking at the mm-hmm. skyline. I wouldn't give a damn about football. I would have been too comfortable. And now, I, you know, but back then we had a dude who used to cook breakfast on a hot plate. Mm. Okay. The hot plate used to sit in the same room that was our lounge, our uh, like uh, media. When the media come in, they cleared it out, put a podium where you give your speeches um it was our lunch room, you know it was he, also jimmy Hoffa's gravesite exactly. you could smell them sometimes when that breakfast man, but <laughs> but <laughs> the guy the guy would cook freaking breakfast on two hot plates, and he had a towel to wipe out the hot plates, but he would get so hot he'd wipe his face and then the hot plate and you were like, uh, oh. dude I'm telling you it was it was primitive times back then, and then they built this new place that like you said, I agree with you has no soul, has no feeling. I don't understand anything. I don't understand why they did it.
1: I also don't understand when it's the the bright, these, they're billionaire businessmen, the bright, they have the access to everything. And we know that home field advantage is such a big deal. Why wouldn't you build a stadium acoustically? Yeah. That you know is going to be loud. You design it. They build theaters that way. They build everything. Why? It's um when they open Levi's stadium right yeah they they had like fondue patios and like (laughs) white wine spritzers and bean bag lounges and then meanwhile you'd be in watching the game and you could you could literally hear a
2: pin drop yeah you'd hear a pin drop people too comfortable like a football game it's not about that i know they're trying to play to whatever they feel like the demographic is in the area but they need to learn go to philly where they got a jail in the basement like that's what i'm talking about (laughs) That's what I'm talking about, and I tell you, it's my favorite place to play because they get the fans gave not a damn, man. We would be on the bus. First of all, you would get like death threats in your hotel room. You know, they call Amazing. it threatening you, which is crazy. Then you get on the bus to go to the game, and as you're cruising along, you come into the stadium with your police escorts, and you can see the stadium like you know. a, a Five hundred yards away, and the closer you got, you realize that the people you go down south, and the worst you get is that people give you the thumbs down, you know, oh, Mm. you know, or they wave at you like, hey, we're happy you're here to beat our team or to play. You go to Philly, man; they're giving you the picking up, they're giving you the middle finger, and those are the grandkids. That's not even the parents yet. Okay, I'm telling you, (laughs) the kids. (laughs) (laughs) Then they would moon you. No, they would be mooning the bus, and then they. Moon you and put their butts up against the chain link fence. So you got like a pizza board ass. They're all cut. It's like, come on, man. And they would throw batteries at you. I mean, they would. I remember we were playing a game in Philadelphia in an old veteran stadium, which Mm. was the worst stadium in the world. The turf sucked. The stadium sucked. Everything. But it was my favorite place because the fans were literally eight feet. It felt like they were eight feet behind you, like on top of you. And we're we're playing a game, we're getting beat down by I want to say 14 or 16 at halftime. We come back, we tie it up, we go into overtime, and Christian Peter tips the ball, I catch it, and I run in for a touchdown. Yes. Now, now I'm not I'm and, and earlier that week I actually went to a concert with Tiki Barber. Let me throw a few other people's name out. I think Greg Camella, we went to see um Ricky Martin. Okay? <laughs> So Ricky Martin would just come out there in the front of the stage and he would just go, just like pose, and the whole crowd would go crazy. So right. I said, oh, I get a touchdown, I'm gonna hit him with the Ricky Martin. And they're all making fun of me because like I'm a D-lineman. I don't touch the football. Man, I scored that touchdown and I hit him with that Ricky Martin. BOW! Ooh. They were dipping and spitting in cups. You know how you spitting a cup? Yeah, all of a sudden I'm just getting hit with all that. that
0: oh crap. no! It
2: was, <laughs> it was worth every second of it, baby. Take that, Philly. Take that. Take that. Take that. As Puff Daddy would say. That is, <laughs> oh man.
1: Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day, or check out a world class art museum? And camp out under a brilliant night sky, same day. Or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment. There's only one answer. California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. Look, I love California. um, And I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. Let's talk about Simple Jack. You you you've you you played with Simple Jack for many years. I love Simple Jack. I love that family. Um I, I I've been made an honorary Manning so I can because they give me more shit. Apparently the Mannings have seen St. Elmo's Fire um like 75 times and they quote really? from it. I've 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 been to parties where the three brothers will sit there and quote lines from it, and you're like, what the fuck is Peyton Manning doing quoting and then you know, I had Peyton on my um, my Comedy Central roast. Yeah, uh, he was my first first person I invited, <laughs> and he said and he was so funny. But Eli, I'm I'm bummed that it ended the way it did for him. Yeah. Although his legacy is is amazing, and there's I mean, he's he, there, there's nothing you can say. His legacy is what it is. But I I just felt bad that he wasn't as celebrated as I thought he should
2: have been leaving. Finishing his career in New York. No, I, I agree. I think last the year before last, when they said, oh, he started all these consecutive games. Yeah. Record for the consecutive games. Record for the—he beat my record for the most games ever in a Giants uniform. And I'm like, you know, I love Eli. He was a baby when I first got there mm. and, and won the Super Bowl, like, I think his third year. And they took him out. Oh, we're going to look to the future, basically, was their excuse. And they take that and they end up making – and they put in, put in Geno Smith. No, just, no. Not, you know, no no hate for Geno Smith, but I'm like, okay, that's not the future of this team and you know it. So if you're going to break a guy's streak who has started almost every game in his career – for what you know is not the future, then why would you do that? It made no sense to me. It made no sense to me at all. It made no sense to me at all. And then to put him back in, that bothered me. Like, that bothered me. That was just wrong in every way, shape, or form. And someone should have stepped in and said, you know what? I know you're the coach. That ain't happening. That's not happening.
1: That's where Robert Kraft is a badass. Where yeah. Robert Kraft was like, you know what? You're not trading Tom Brady this season. It's not happening. Mm-hmm.
2: And Jerry Jones does it, but uh, they seem to get his own way sometimes, which I'm not upset. He's a cowboy. So, hey, let him go. Um, keep it up. But Yeah, exactly. But but then Eli, man, I tell you what, the nicest, greatest. I like, got a teammate as a dude. What you see is what you get. He is mm-hmm. funny. He he doesn't, he's, he does you know, in public go out there and scream and holler and do all those things because that's not his personality. But a drunk Eli is a funny Eli, I'll tell you I that. I know. Oh, I know. Believe me. <laughs> Yeah. Those, those those Manning boys are some wild boys. Best but they're fun, man. And I felt like Eli is a legend. I think people appreciate him now that he's gone. Yeah. And having Daniel Jones come in, I didn't mind seeing Daniel Jones play last year because to be honest with you, you're gonna get Eli kill killed. Yeah. Cause you know, the line and everything else, I mean, it just they didn't I don't I don't I felt at times they didn't necessarily give him everything that he needed around him in order to be as successful as he as he could have been. And yeah, I keep telling him retirement's not bad.
1: Let me let me ask you this. If you if you were back in your day at your height and you were on an unblocked blitz and the running back was George Stephanopoulos, how Ooh. far would you hit him into the,
2: into Ooh. the next universe? Oh, oh, I don't know if I would want to hit him and drive him, like knock him back. I think with George I would do what you know you hit him and you lift him and then when you land you put uh, you, all your you weight on so I mean. that yeah you pile drive him so he feels his bones kind of <laughs> all together yes. your weight and then you stand up and you say oh i didn't mean to do that are you okay george you know uh, <laughs> how it's so I, fun I, For rob i tell you it's so much fun When you see a guy standing there and he doesn't see you coming and you are full speed and you're like, oh, baby, I like it like that. I like it like that. Oh, it's going to get, oh, it's so much fun. And we can hear the art because you don't hear anything when you're on the field. When you get up, when you get down there to like line up, 80,000 people scream, and it's, but it's silent. Only thing you hear, you hit a quarterback, you can hear the guy across from you breathing, you can hear guys talking, you're talking, you hear your linebacker. Only thing you hear is within like 20 feet. But the second you hit somebody like that, all of a sudden it's like they cranked the, cranked the sound up on your s- headphones and like the loudest they could do it. It's the best feeling in the world. Oh my re- God, it's the best feeling. Do you remember your, your what's your greatest hit? Uh, my greatest hit was probably Gus Farrat. Well, oh, red Gus Rod. Yeah, Redskins. It actually was on a two-point conversion. Oh. It would suck because I got a sack, but it doesn't count on a two-point conversion. But I had set up this move all day long, this inside move, man. And I it was perfection. And Gus is just standing there. He doesn't see me. And when I... I tried to, I mean, I want to be, okay, people, I I used to be violent in a sense, controlled violence, and not anymore. I'm very docile now. But at that moment in my life, young and crazy, I was trying to take his spine and make it come out of the front of his chest. Like, I just wanted to run through him that hard. And when I tell you, I think I almost accomplished it. (laughs) (laughs) I almost accomplished it. It was the hardest hit to the point where you hit somebody like that. You're like, oh, I know that hurt. Oh, <laughs> it was fantastic, fantastic. Did like? nice. Guy. Did he get up and and and? No, nah, he and, didn't get up. He was there for no. a bit. He was down for a bit. He was there for a bit. He was for a bit. Yeah, for a bit. He was down there for a bit. <laughs> uh,
1: now I heard. Is this true that that when you were you were really little, like like in twelve and thirteen? That your fan like
2: your brothers or sisters were like
1: you're
0: fat.
2: I can't yeah. imagine that. That's that does well, no. Nah, you know what I, bull, they called yes. me fat. They were nicer than that. They called me Bob, and I didn't know what Bob meant. So like for years I thought Bob was like a nickname. Like okay, go Bob. And I'm I'm like I'm the youngest of six. So I'm hanging out with my brother and all their friends. They're calling me Bob. I think that's cool. Like I'm the young kid in this group. I got a nickname. I'm in. Bob meant booty on back. No, big old butt. Yeah, that's what it meant. So it big meant I was, old butt. yeah, I was a little chunky. You know, I was, I was big boned, as I like to say. So, uh, <laughs> but with I'll be honest with you, without them doing that to me, man, I I would not have ended up where I ended up. I would not have probably played football, worked out, or done anything because that motivated me to like get in shape, and and. Still to this day, it motivates me to this day. I bought the Jane Fonda workout VHS tapes. I started doing those. Herschel Walker, coming out of Georgia. I bought mm-hmm. the Herschel Walker workout book, and I went to Heidelberg, Germany, when Herschel was there doing, like, an appearance for Kodak overseas. And I met him when I was 13 and took a picture with him. And later on, I played with him with the Giants and against him when he was in Dallas and Philadelphia and Minnesota. So it's like, <laughs> it was like full circle. But without them making fun of me, ah. I would, have, I would have still been a big bone dude walking around right now.
1: Yeah, that's the thing is like, I know, look, the bullying is bullshit. We don't like it. I get all that stuff. But man, it's it's, it's funny. It's like the Michael stuff we were talking about earlier. Sometimes mm-hmm. how you handle that it can can really fire you up. I used to get the same thing. I, you know, I wanted to be an actor when I was little and. I was in a place where no, there were no other actors and people thought it was, you know, like a, only a girl would want to do it. And they used to call me terrible names and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make this yeah. shit happen. And I don't know if, I'd, I, I, don't know if I, I would be where I am today without that kind of adversity. But I got to say, the, the notion of you watching Jane fondas did you wear those leggings that she, <laughs> she had? Did you get some of those
2: going? <laughs> you made my head full of followers. <laughs> you know damn well I did not wear those leggings. Oh, I don't know. You know damn well I did not wear those leggings. <laughs> well, at least the ones I wore weren't pink. How about that? Yeah. Boiling exactly. <laughs> But no, I did not did not wear the leggings. That I did not do. But uh but you're right though. I think, you know, bullying is awful. I mean, we always talk about it and, and it's like something in society, especially now, the cyber bullying stuff is just it's just so much. Yeah. Uh, but I think at the same time how you handle certain things develops a certain character that you're gonna need later in life about how you're gonna handle adversity um as well. And and so all the people I'm sure who told you, Oh, you wanna do that. That's what girls do are going, Oh, Rob, that's my guy. I know. how used to always talk about acting with him back here. <laughs> Look at him. That's my, I knew he could do it. I knew he'd be successful. That's how it works. It's true. It's now when you
1: when you made um, the transition into television. I mean, could, it, I think people who aren't in entertainment don't realize the level of competitiveness that there is in. In, in our in in our our world too, it's, yeah. we just can't hit each other. I used to, I used to, um, I remember so vividly um, having a, a meal with with Magic Johnson in the day, and I was and I remember telling him, I'm so envious that you can back down Larry Bird, and like you guys can go at each other, and one of you is gonna win, and there's no denying it. In our business. It's like, well, I think he's funnier than that one. Well, I don't. I think that was, and there's no appreciable yeah. way to go head to head with a peer, a rival, somebody in your league, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was always envious that in sports you you could you you could do that. When you mo- when you transition to entertainment, did you find that to be a, a different experience to, for your with your competitiveness?
2: Absolutely. I think I've had to change my my outlook on a lot of different. Things and ways that I approach work and I approach relationships at work um, because these business coming from sports, you especially football so it's a team game. Like I have to learn how to be the best I can so I don't let other people down. And also at the same time, I want them to be the best so that we can all come together and, and have the ultimate goal, which is uh, being the best. And it's not an individual thing where I found, I think, anything at entertainment, a lot of it's more individual because everybody's trying to figure out their career, get their career going. So it's not as if me being on your team is necessarily helping my career. I'm the one who's in control of my career. So I have to be more assertive for myself. And I just have never operated that way. And I still don't to this day. I mean, like you say, you, you know, there's this podcast. It's like, okay, I well, how do you even go to school for this? How do you learn to do this? You don't. Yeah. You just talk yeah. to people. You have a conversation and that, I think, has been the beauty of of my post-football life is that I've never done anything that I've necessarily gone to school for that I've had to really go, oh, you know, i got to elbow this person and move that person and, and hope that someone, I, no, I'm doing it because it's fun and then the opportunities just start coming my way. And that's what I've learned in this in um, the entertainment business and the news business and everything else that I've done. You know what? You build a team, but yet you still got to understand that there are people with their agenda to get whatever they need out of it. And I get that in this business. It's not sports whatsoever. So I kind of come into everything with a different attitude because this is gravy on top of an already great life and a great career. So I I don't look at it and think that, you know, if this doesn't work out, right. I'm going back to my parents, nah, that ain't right. happening, buddy. I'm good. You know, so I'm going to enjoy it as I have it and just keep going as long as I can.
1: Now you work you are I think the hardest working person, one of them that I know. I mean, the schedule you keep during the season, I don't know. How do you do it? What's what's the logistics of it? I'm fascinated with logistics. Like it's, you're flying,
2: you're you're sleeping here, you're getting like what how do you how do you do it all? Yeah, I I don't know. You know <laughs> what I gotta say? This time in quarantine yeah. has really made me think rethink how I want to live my life and what I want to do. Now, granted, I got, you know, stuff that I have to, I'm obligated to do. But at some point, I really want to take a, a, a pullback. I have to pull back. Because it's just, I want. this has made me realize that there is a lot of life to be enjoyed. And a lot of times I, I'm not really enjoying it because I'm always constantly on the go. So Monday through Friday, I mean, I'm, it depends on what time of the year it is, but Monday through Friday, GMA is every day. Uh, from, I'm up at five and then I'm done with that at nine. And then after that, I change and I go home, but then I have meetings for my production company, my clothing company, um management. I've always got stuff going. So that's Monday through Friday, nonstop. Right after work on Friday, I have to go to the airport and go to LA <laughs> because of Fox football. Yep. So the plane has become like the greatest place in the world to me. I get on there and I just put on the headphones, sleep, do whatever I want to do. Nobody bugs me. And I get to L.A. Friday afternoon, so I, about four or five o'clock. So I have a nice, you know, relaxed time. Saturdays, I play golf pretty much every Saturday in L.A., my only day off in the morning. This Sunday, we're in the studio at 530 until like 5 p.m., So Saturday is my really only day off. And every other day I have is long. Long. And my dad came. My dad came to Fox with me one day, 530 in the morning to five. And then we're done. He thought, oh, this is easy. I can do this every day. I was like, dude, (laughs) I get back. Let's get back on the plane and let's go back to the East Coast. So literally, I'm right back on the plane after the show. And I got to get back to New York. because That's work Monday. So it's like it's nonstop. And then a hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Oh, that's like a week of, you know.
1: $100,000 pyramid. Okay, so I'm going to go it, when we're done with this, and I'm going to look at you re- eviscerating Gus Farratt on YouTube. <laughs> but you are going to go on YouTube and watch me eviscerate the $10,000 pyramid. What? When I was 15 years old.
2: I on it, baby. Guaranteed, I'm on it. <laughs> oh, it was so I I'm 15. I, I could get on at 15. Isn't like some child labor law. They like work. Don't you like so, a certain age you got to be? Well, so I was doing it my
1: very first big job. Was a TV series on ABC um and to promote it, they did a chair like a teen version of it for charity. Ah, gotcha. But but you were matched up with other celebrities. So I was matched up I think, no, I played against Tony Danza. He was the guy I played against and <laughs> and I went to the pyramid every round. Wow. Every round I played, went to the, got to the pyramid, and then won the pyramid, and it, it was it was the best because I love that game. That's my favorite game. I grew up loving yeah. that game, and then Dick Clark was the host, Dick Clark.
2: Yeah. Dick Clark, man. I mean, the man. I'm telling you. First of all, you just talk yourself into coming in and playing the hundred thousand dollar pyramid. It's gone up since um inflation, yes, thank, you know. Yes, inflation. So you, you just you just talk yourself into getting an invite for that. But I can't imagine playing a game having Dick Clark like be there. When 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 I I watch I grew to watch the game growing up and then they had a few, you know, versions after. Right. But when I was when they asked me to host it and I said, you know, we're going we're gonna produce and host it, I said, okay. Let me go back and like really watch because I really got to know the game. And all I watched was Dick Clark. I didn't watch anybody else. And the one thing I learned from Dick Clark, first of all, he was so smooth. I mean, so smooth with it. Secondly, he was so smart in a sense that you could watch certain game shows and the host, you really got to break a lot. Like you got to carry, really carry the game. Because you gotta got have a quick comment. You always gotta be on top of it. Pyramid is such a special game that the game itself is the star. Right. And you're just like, you're Magic Johnson. Like you're just handing it off. You got the celebrities and their and their guests that they're playing with. That's half the humor. It depends on who the celebrity is. Um I basically just make sure people at home know what's going on. It is so much freaking fun to do that show. And to do a show that Dick Clark did was amazing. And, and and we're shooting it, and we were going to shoot it in March, and then this whole situation happened. Now we're hoping for August we can shoot the season of it. But it is so much fun, man.
1: It's the best. It's I I remember Dick Clark, and this is amazing because he's the smoothest guy in the world, right? There's yeah. nobody better. He's, I mean, but I will tell you. That uh, he bungled my introduction five times, and we had to reshoot it. He was literally—he like, could—he couldn't say my name, Rob Low. He, he couldn't say <laughs> Rob Low, and then—and then his ad lib, which made me laugh, was why well, you look like you're six feet tall. I don't look six feet tall. I. <laughs> At all. Maybe what he meant to say was, I look old for my, for being 15." But I come out, Michael, and I've got this like David Cassidy hair, like, like part David Cassidy, part Karen Carpenter
2: looking. Oh boy. Shag. It's, (laughs) it's so fun. But uh, that will be the first thing that I'm looking at the second we're done. I'm all over that.
1: And the other thing, okay, since you have a production company, here's what I want you to develop and bring back, okay? And With I'm it. dead serious, all right? Okay. I want you to bring back the Battle of the Network stars, Ooh. but for real. Ooh. Like here's the problem. Because I grew up watching this on TV and I, I loved, loved it. it. Me. Loved, too. right? Yeah. But but it was legit. It wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't like the fifth guy through the door in CSI. And it was the stars. Yep. So, and now because there's more than three networks, to really make it work, you'd have to have, like, the dude from fucking Game of Thrones and against, you know, Better Call Saul along with. I mean, you'd really have to do it. <laughs> and but I don't know if you
2: could do thing, it. though. I would love to do it. I grew up watching that, so I always wanted to be on it. And they were no. legit. They'd be out there like kayaking and and volleyball. They do everything. But now I would do it. But how many stars I found out, man, people, people are too like serious nowadays. Nobody wants oh, no. to ever look like they can't do something. Right. Everybody's not great at everything. Be human. So I think a lot of people get too afraid to be too afraid to look as if they don't master something instead of looking like, hey, I'm out here just to just do my best and have fun. I used to love it. That was one of the best things on TV. And I don't know if you can pull it off because half the time now all the networks used to do it together. Yeah. Now you got to get clearance from Peter to go over to Paul to go over to Charles and then Chuck. And then it's got to go through Susie, who then got to go through 12 publicists, um, you know, three lawyers and um, 25 agents. And that's just to let you know, no, nah, they're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Sp- spoken
1: like, now I know your, your production company is legit. Because that's, that's the number one takeaway from trying to run a production company. It's crazy. And we'll be right back after this. You know the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast? My dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog. While you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style from squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough, durable ones from Super Chewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats to keep my dogs healthy healthy and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. Hey, listeners, ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high performance TVs. They're certainly out here. there. But when I, when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's, I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via Kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is... Kia.com slash ev6. Kia, movement that
2: inspires. I gotta ask you a question, man. Yeah, I a hit quick me. Question. Okay, who's yeah. your favorite? Who's your favorite team, by the way, NFL team?
1: Well, see, here's the thing, because the we've not had a team for so long. Um, I've had to develop other you know, interest and, you know, I'm very good friends with Jim Irsay and Peyton played yeah. there. So I've got an affinity for the Colts. Um, I love, but on the other hand, I love new England. I'm a weird dude. Like I can love the Yankees and the Red Sox. Cause I'm, no, I, I I'm not, I don't, I don't live in either place. So I don't have that kind of, and I appreciate the Yankees. I appreciate the Red Sox. Like I'm one of those weird dudes that can, can do that. So in football, um, I'm trying to embrace the Rams now cause they're here. Um, but I, I didn't like last season much. I love Jared Goff. He's a good dude. Let's see how he does this year. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's kind of a mealy mouthed answer. I realize because really, I'm, I'm, I'm a more fan of, of, of the league because I've never, I haven't had a team for so long.
2: Dude, I'm laughing inside at you right now because I was asking you that because I saw that meme of you wearing an NFL. Oh, the league! <laughs> You're a fan of the league. I love it. <laughs> okay. That- <laughs> One of the greatest things ever, dude, I got to tell you. <laughs> How funny was that? Please explain that to me.
1: That is so funny, man. It's, it's, I like when somebody said that I'm just a fan of Roger Goodell. That's why, uh, that's my my team is Roger Goodell. That's my team. Um, So, okay. So I'm working for Fox. Fox has that game. Um, They, they're going to, I know they're going to cut. They want me to go to the, to the game so they can cut to me in the stadium and talk about my new show. Mm-hmm. It's coming out. So that's the whole point. And it's great because I love football. So it's going to be great. Um, the, the Fox, they send the, it's a bunch of us going up. So they send a plane for us and we get on the plane and there's all this swag to wear. There is no team swag. None. It's only NFL swag. Now I look at that hat and I go, first of all, I've never seen that hat before other than on a ref. I didn't know that it that existed. It's a cool hat,
2: actually. Though I actually it's like it. It's
1: really hat. badass. It's uh, so, and I'm like, and this is the best thing ever because it's cool. I've never seen it. And frankly, had they had a team hat, I probably would have chosen one. But people were on my ass.
2: <laughs> They're like that. Dude, what I tell you, it is truly one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. You and your hat just, <laughs> this just at the NFL and I'm, the memes and the comments were like first class.
1: And my uh, my NFL hat has a, a place in my office. It got so famous. <laughs> it was one of those things where I was watching the game and my phone started blowing up in my pocket, like crazy, crazy blowing up. And like you know, as like a public figure. When your phone blows up like that, it's either something really, really, really good is happening or something really, really, really bad is happening.
2: Panic sets in. You're like, oh my God. Enzo, Enzo, stop, man. What kind of dog is that? A miniature golden doodle. That's about 30 pounds. And he's wouldn't hurt a fly, but he's being tough right now. He literally sits by the door and looks out the back and looks for a cat that walks. On the I'm in a townhouse, but he sits there and look for a cat that walks on the wall between my townhouse and a neighbor. And the cat, I think half the time he sees his stuff. I don't know. It's never a cat I see the cat once.
1: So good. Hey, I got a question for you. Who's the best, who's the best um celebrity, like in our business golfer? Mm. I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. A lot of people say it's Timberlake. Justin's my
2: golfing buddy. Yeah, here's good. I play with Justin all the time. Justin's a really Justin's a good golfer. Now, when you say you mean just actor business. I'll, I'll throw it into like sports, inter- but that's it's kind of unfair. Is, no, it is not. Because sure it how is. How many sports guys can't play a lick of golf? Golf and sports in another sport means nothing. Absolutely not, a nil. Some of the worst golfers I've ever seen have been some of the greatest athletes in other sports. Charles Barkley. A- Bam. He represents every sport ever about bad golfers. Charles, you know, you know what's so funny with Charles? I love Charles, man. Charles yeah, said to me the first time I ever met Charles at a golf tournament, he sees me, and I never met him. Big Barkley fan, and he goes, "Yeah, hey, you got a, you were on my shit list, but you're not anymore." And I'm like, "Oh, but you know, bro, we never met. How could I be on a shit list and we never bro. met?" He goes, "Well, it's the, it's the list." Of people who had great careers but never won shit, <laughs> but now you won the Super Bowl, so you're off my shit list. <laughs> oh, Thank that's you. A great one. Nice to meet you too, Mister Barkley. But you know what? I've had some fun times with Charles. Man, he is great. It's no one. He's the yeah fucking best. He's a he's he's an honest dude. He'll tell you what he's thinking. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. He is who he is, and I respect that out of him. But I would say good, Timberlake's a good golfer, um with Justin though, if you're going to play golf, make sure you do it in the morning mm. because he may take you like you know thirty minutes to hit each shot like, really come on justin how, how how is the wind? The wind is blowing oh behind, he's behind one of those you. guys yeah so, justin justin's very deliberate. he takes a while to play
1: you know what's funny i i i I go to a golf academy in um in, in Florida, Mike Bender, Golf Academy, he's on Instagram mm-hmm. and he's, it's the best. But one of the things that I've learned is all of the greats, their pre-shot routine was was very, very limited. And from the minute they stood over the ball, I'm talking about every great who ever lived, from the minute they addressed the ball, mm-hmm. it was no more than eight seconds. Wow. Like, wow. go back and look at it. No one. Stood over the ball longer than eight. And by the way, the eight seconds includes finishing of the swing.
2: But what's so weird about golf is when you think about it, I always think about football. Okay, I got 80,000 people screaming, hollering. The ball's moving. People running. I got to track. I got to get through all this crap to make a play. And you do it. Golf, I'm sitting there in outside nature. It's quiet, little ball sitting there. It ain't moving. Nobody's screaming. they actually telling people to shut up. And I can't hit the thing straight. I can't, you know, it makes no absolute sense it shows you how much you could talk yourself out of something because you usually don't hit a good shot because you you kind of talk yourself out of hitting a good shot but i um what's your handicap by the way since you're going all these golf lessons and these special instructors i'm just curious i'm a 16 i'm not even gonna respond to that lie you're not a 16
1: i am i'm a true 16 because i'm not
2: consistent that's a the true thing. sixteen. Okay, we got to play. I got to see this. I got to see this. I don't okay. believe it, Rob. Well, when you're here's if you what if need you to were do. A sixteen handicap, you'd have more wrinkles on your face. You don't have any wrinkles on your face because you're an excellent golfer. So don't lie to me. <laughs> we, here's what we here's
1: what we'll do. We're, we're gonna have here's what we'll put together. We'll do a Fox with Charlie Collier, me, you. When we're all back at it for sure, because he he's a stick. Our boss at Fox. Charlie can play like that? Yes. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, I love it. Here's, uh, I'm going to end with this, all right? I need to know what your least favorite workout. For those of you listening, to hug Michael Strahan, to shake his hand, is to encounter a granite statue. (laughs) Um it it is it is it is quite a thing. So I, what what how are you managing to, with your busy schedule to continue to
2: look like a block of iron? Oh, I wish I I wish I did, man. But thank you for the compliment. I work out. I work. I tr- I try to at least give it an hour a day every day. I'm like, okay, if I work out an hour, I have 23 hours to mess around, do whatever I want to do. Right. Then it allows me to eat and drink and do all the other things I like to do. Yep. So, uh, but work it out first of all. And um, I, I, I love working out. I don't like cardio, per se. I will ride the bike. Like, I, I like the bike, the state like the bike downstairs. I like that. I hate any kind of exercise that has anything to do with something you would do, like on a football field. You do those CrossFit classes, and they have really? you doing burpees? Yes. No. No, You've done I don't enough care of them. who you are. I don't care what you tell me. I will never do a burpee for anybody ever again. If if you see me doing a burpee, somebody holding a gun to me. I'm not doing it. No.
1: Did did you ever do you ever suggest other workouts other than the burpees? Like perchance the Jane Fonda workout? Did you ever well, say like to the guys, hey, listen, I got my my scene. I'm doing back at my house alone. Yeah, I'm doing those
2: those, those those like side leg kicks and those side leg. That's all we get remember. That.
1: It's like that was. It was like the scissor. That's all we remember of the Jane Fonda. It was this.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, like, I tell you what, it worked though. Literally worked my ass off. Really did. I'm gonna pull out an old Betamax copy. I have them. No way. Somebody gave it. I I got it as a birthday gift some years ago. I have the the VHS tapes. I don't have a beta, but I had a VHS tape of Jane Fonda's workout. Still got them. And every time I see her. To the point now when I see her, I'm like, you know, she's like, I know, go, I know. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Jay. I'm sorry. So I'm the best. sorry. So good. But my butt is tight because of you.
1: Yep. Well, man, this is the best. I I this is the greatest. I'm gonna come visit you at the Fox uh, when when you guys are up and running. I'm um
2: I I it's you're on the lot, right? You're on the Fox lot. Yeah, we're on the lot. So come come hang out. We'll and um we'll get some golf in too at some point.
1: Yeah, I would love that. 100%. This was great. You were um, a dream. I could sit and talk sports and shit with you another five hours.
2: I appreciate you, my brother.
1: But people listening have lives and they need to do things. These people who are listening are like, I now need to go and live a life. As well, they're
2: in quarantine. They're not doing much right now. That's true. Right. Well, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> this thing's going <laughs> to Hopefully, happen. this is over at some but soon, man, but who knows? But I will. You know what I am going to do in some of this downtime I have? Hmm. I am about to go pull up Rob Lowe on the $10,000 pyramid as a 15 year old who looks tall for his age.
1: Tall for, in the hair. Just <laughs> wait till <laughs> you see the hair.
2: <laughs> hey, you got great hair, man. You got it's great good hair. Good stuff.
1: Man. All right, man. Thanks brother, so much.
2: I appreciate you. Anytime, anytime. Thanks, Michael. you guys.
1: Strahan could talk about anything and just give, put a smile on your face. I mean, I just feel so good every time I've spent any time with him. Um, And I am a 16 handicap, and I'm going to beat his ass if we ever do play golf. And then I just hope he won't pile drive me like George Stephanopoulos. (laughs) Thanks for joining me. I will see you on the next Literally. You have been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe. Produced and engineered by me, Devin torrey Bryant. Executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile,
2: Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Stitcher. The supervising producer is Aaron Blair. Talent producer, Jennifer Samples.
1: Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This has been 18 Team Cocoa production in association with Stitcher.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally Long Enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed. Just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this and... We all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com/roblo today to get 10% off your first month. That's Rob roblo